Hello, Text Talkers. Edwin here. I have a brief announcement before we get into the actual episode today. Andrew and I just want you to know that in order to make sure all episodes post on time and without missing any, we have to record these weeks in advance. That's why we don't talk about any current events, including the COVID-19 pandemic. Since we never know what the state of things will be on the day the episodes actually air, we just focus on the text we're talking about. However, we want you to know that we are obviously aware of the state our communities, country, and world is in. We are not ignoring or dismissing it. We are concerned. We are praying for you, for all our brothers and sisters, and for our fellow man in this difficult time. That being said, what better thing can we do while we and our families are practicing some social isolation than to talk about God's Word? So, keep us in your prayers, and we'll keep you in ours. And let's get today's episode started. Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Two men. 15 minutes. Eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. His glory I will see. I will empty Welcome back to the podcast. This week's text is Acts 8. Edwin, what are you uh, reading for us today? I want to hone in on one verse again. Okay. Home in on one verse again. Verse okay. 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. Yesterday, we read verse Mm 4, and they were preaching the word. Mm -hmm. Today, one verse later, we find a parallel statement. I don't think these are two different things, but I love the way it's described here. It doesn't just repeat, Philip went preaching the word. Philip went went proclaiming the Christ. I want to spend some time talking about that, proclaiming the Christ. Yesterday was a great review of what we had seen in Acts up to this point as we talked about the word and its growth and therefore the growth of the kingdom up to this point. Now I'm looking ahead at what's coming later and and even through the rest of this chapter with Philip proclaiming Christ. Tell me, tell me when you read that, what's the first thing that comes into your head, Andrew? Well, the first thing that comes into my head is the proclaiming Christ, proclaiming the word. These things are inextricably linked, all right, that Jesus Christ is the word. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And so a faithful proclamation of Christ is only going to be a scriptural or biblical proclamation of Christ. What we see in Philip's ministry here is that he is going to be declaring Christ to the Samaritan people, all right? So in the bigger picture, we've been talking about the gospel is getting beyond Jerusalem. Uh, The impetus, the stimulus has been a persecution, but it is God's will uh, from the beginning, from Acts chapter 1, that this word and this message is going to spread. And so now we're seeing one of these preachers, and we call him Philip the Evangelist often, as opposed to Philip, one of the 12 apostles, but Philip the Evangelist, who himself has been portioned or a part of this movement of people who's, who are getting out of town, right? Because they want to be faithful disciples. They want to preach Jesus. They want to practice Christianity. He doesn't have to go all that far from Jerusalem as the crow fries, a crow flies. We're just both having trouble with our speech today. Ah, Just keep going. (laughs) Let's do that. As the crow flies, uh, you know, a neighboring region of Samaria. But while there is not a great distance geographically, there is a huge distance in these people, uh, religiously, uh, certainly uh, socially, right? Um, And yet, Philip goes there and builds the bridge. The bridge is Jesus Christ for all people. 
He preaches the word. He preaches the Christ to this people that, you know, up till now, Jews had no dealings with. So it's not some new message now that he's talking to the Samaritans. It's not Jesus plus something else because you were Samaritans instead of Jews. It's it's Jesus. I am going to proclaim Jesus Christ, whether you are a native Hebrew, a Samaritan. We're going to ultimately find out even for the Gentiles, but here he's still somewhat staying within that Hebrew family. We know that the Samaritans are, are a mixed religion from centuries and centuries earlier when the Babylon, excuse me, when the, the Assyrians, Assyrians came yeah. in. I'll get my history right here. When the Assyrians then came in. Then we're going to fry some crow. <laughs> then we're going to fry some crow. We're going to have the Assyrians come into Israel. They took out the majority of the Israelites or the significant number of Israelites, and they brought in other peoples who came into that land of Israel. Right. And it's those people who learned about worshiping Yahweh in order to keep from being eaten by the lions, but they never fully worshiped him, and they never only worshiped him. So there was this mixed religion of the Samaritans, but there was some Yahweh worship that was going on. So... So we're not quite with all the Gentiles, but we're not Jews either. But it's the message the same. The message is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. In fact, we're going to find later when Philip is talking to the eunuch in this very chapter, he's going to come up to the eunuch who was a proselyte more than likely. In other words, a Gentile who had become Jewish. We're going to talk a little bit more about this later in the week, but I I do want to highlight that when he asked him about Isaiah 53, there in Acts 8.35, Philip opened his mouth and beginning with this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's preaching Jesus, the Christ. So when I preach the word, I preach Jesus. When I'm preaching Jesus, I'm preaching the word. This is how the gospel is propagated. This is how the church is established. This is how salvation is wrought in the lives of others. But even as we ask, what does it mean to preach Christ? I think we are given some clues in the text as to what some of the content was, what the message was that Philip was preaching. As you go down a little bit further in Acts 8 and verse 12, it talks about how the people were responding to this preaching of the word, this preaching of Christ. Verse 12 says, but when they, that would be the Samaritan people, when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Notice the response to the word is the same that we've been seeing throughout the book of Acts. When they believe this message, there is a response. There is a response of baptism, immersion in water. But I don't want to get the you know the cart before the horse here because we were talking about, okay, well, what sorts of things was he describing? What was he preaching? Let's start with this idea of the kingdom of God, the rule of God. Now, I think that's so significant even with what you just set up and reminded, remind us about Edwin, that um, these people were not a part of that uh, Jewish kingdom. Um, you know, not at all. No, it, in fact, when, it, when uh, I mentioned Babylon earlier, when the Babylonian captivity was done and the Jews of Judea came back into the land and wanted to build the temple and wanted to build the wall, the folks among the Samaritans wanted to be a part of it. And the leaders of the Israelites said to them, you have no part in this. You are not a part of this. They were not a part of that kingdom, but they can be a part of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. All of that coming together in the one temple, the Jews and the Gentiles coming together in one body of Jesus Christ, filled with God. What a powerful image. And it is all anchored in the preaching of Jesus Christ. 
Also, this calls us back to the very first chapter again, where the uh, when the Lord is preparing His apostles to send them out, um, and and for this ministry, forty days before His ascension to heaven, way back in Acts chapter one and verse three. He spent 40 days speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, that a part of their message was always going to be about the rule of God and being a citizen, uh, one of God's people in this new covenant of Jesus Christ. This was doctrine that the apostles needed to lay out. This was part of the message, the word, that Philip was preaching to the Samaritans. We're going to proclaim Jesus as the resurrected Savior this witness, this testimony that we're supposed to see, that this is the proclamation, the revelation of Jesus living, dying, buried, raised from the dead, resurrected Lord and King, ruler and Savior. This is all a part of proclaiming Jesus. And then we see in this the response. You already started to get into that. that There's actually, obviously, a response that's proclaimed as part of preaching Jesus. What do you see as that response? Well, the response is baptism. They believe this word and they are baptized. We saw this in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. We're finding this again here. As Christ is preached, men and women who believe it are baptized. And I find it interesting. We see that in Samaria. You mentioned the passage about Samaria earlier. We're going to talk about the eunuch now. In verse 38, excuse me, verse 36, 37, and 38, we find here that he's been preaching Jesus. That's verse 35. And then in verse 36, as they were going along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? Somehow in Philip preaching Jesus, the eunuch had learned you need to be baptized. Well, the Samaritans had learned it also as we were reading in verse 12. So if we're preaching Jesus, we're going to be preaching the response to Jesus. The uh, How do I give my allegiance to Jesus Christ? It is through faith. It is through repentance. It is through confessing him as Lord. And it ultimately leads up to this moment of being immersed in water to be raised in newness of life with Jesus Christ, Jesus as king in our lives and the eunuch and the Samaritans both heard that when they were preached to. I wonder how many people have thought about that. Uh, for some reason, in in different um, faiths, different stripes, I guess, of Christendom, uh, baptism just gets a bad rap. It, it's just packaged up as, well, you know, this is the doctrine of men. This is something that was added later. Um, sacramentalism, it's a work. We can't be saved by works. But the, the uh, God-ordained response, I say that because you see it again and again in the book of Acts, the God-ordained response to the message of Jesus Christ is belief and baptism to I, enter into this right relationship and kingdom of God. I want to bow my knee before King Jesus. I want to give my allegiance to King Jesus. You have convinced me he was buried and resurrected. How do I give my allegiance to him? By being buried and resurrected along with him. By being plunged into the watery grave of baptism and raised up to walk with my hand in his. None of that is my work. That is his work of salvation. As Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12 points out that it's by faith in his working that we are raised up anew, not by faith in my working, but by faith in his work. Well, of course, and in Romans chapter 6, you see that it is likened to, baptism is likened to 
death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you know it is an immersion in water. You go down into the water, you come up out of the water. In Romans chapter 6 and verse number 3, the Christians are reminded, or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And I want us to understand that baptism is the response we are not to the word. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ. We are not proclaiming baptism. But when I proclaim Jesus Christ, I proclaim his death, burial, and resurrection. And for those who want to respond, who want to identify with that, who want to be a part of that, we die with him. We do that in baptism. We are crucified with him. We are buried with him, and we are raised to walk in new life. Well, and I'll just say that we see Jewish people responding to the gospel in this way in Acts 2. We see Samaritan people responding to the gospel of this in Acts 8. We see a proselyte in Acts 8. As we go along, we're going to see full-on Gentiles doing it also. I am not the exception to this. You are not the exception to this. I don't care who you are. The, God, the gates of the kingdom of God have been opened wide through the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we're all going to come through the same gate. And so I would encourage everyone not to read this and think, oh, but I am the exception. No, no. God is faithful. His word is true. When Christ is preached, this is how we respond. Faith and baptism is part of it. There's no other way into salvation but through Jesus Christ. And there's no way into Jesus Christ except by following in his footsteps in the burial and the resurrection that is baptism. And then proclaim Jesus to others. Proclaim Jesus. As we're wrapping up, I just want to repeat something I said yesterday. This is this is my biggest fear. If we're not careful, we can turn the gospel into the gospel of self-help. Mm. Plucking a verse here and a verse there, and we come up with, Christless Christianity, a mm. Christianity that is nothing more than just be a nice person, be moral, do good with your money, do good in your home. Christianity is about Jesus Christ saving us from our sins, and that's the anchor, and that's the foundation of proclaiming Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about today, having our sins forgiven. Why don't we wrap up praying about that? Our great God and Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for the time to read from your word in Acts chapter 8. Father, may we uh, remember and learn here to put, put first things first. And we are so encouraged by the example of Philip so long ago who preached Christ to people that he met, people who were different from him in a lot of ways in their background, and yet it is one Lord and one gospel message that can save us all. We pray, Father, that we might, we might, be uh, joyful about the kingdom of God, faithful to the name of Christ. Uh, Father, that we might be obedient to this gospel message if we have not to believe in your word and to be baptized. Uh, Lord, we just want to walk in your glory and share the good news with others. Please bless it to that end. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge wrote and sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Remember to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so others can learn about it more easily. Have a great day. Well,